Chapter thirty six of the Flight of the Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Flight of the Shadow by George MacDonald. Chapter thirty six. The End of the First Volume. We returned to England the next day. All the journey through, my uncles were continually reverting to the matter of John's parentage. The more they saw of him, the less could they believe Lady Carnage, his mother. Through questions put to him and inquiries afterwards made, they discovered that when he went to London, he had gone to Lady Carnage's lawyer, not his father's, of whom he had never heard, which accounted for his having on that occasion learned nothing of consequence to him. When we reached London, my uncle Edmund, who, having been bred a lawyer, knew how to act, went at once to examine the will left by John's father. That done, he set out for the place where John was born. The rest of us went home. The second day after our arrival there, Uncle Edmund came. He had found perfect proof not only that Lady Carnage was John's stepmother, but that she had no authority over him or his property whatever. A long discussion took place in my uncle's study. I have to shift the apostrophe of possession as to whether John ought to compel restitution of what she might have wrongfully spent or otherwise appropriated. She had been left an income by each of her husbands, upon either of which incomes she might have lived at ease. But they had a strong suspicion, soon entirely justified, that while spending John's money, she had been saving up far more than her own. But in the discussion, John held to it that as she had once been the wife of his father, he would spare her so far, provided she had nowise impoverished either of the estates. He would insist only upon her immediate departure. Yes, little one, said my uncle one summer evening, as he and I talked together, seated alone in the wilderness. What we call misfortune is always the only good fortune. Few will say yes in response, but truth is independent of supporters, being justified by her children. Until misfortune found us, he went on, my brother and I indeed loved one another, but with a love so poor that a wicked woman was able to send it to sleep. To what she might have brought us had she had full scope god only knows now all the women in hell could not separate us and all the women in paradise would but bring you closer i venture to add the day after our marriage which took place within a month of our return from paris john went to rising on a visit to lady carnage of anything but ceremony and took his uncles and myself with him will you tell her ladyship he said to the footman that mr day desires to see her the man would have shut the door in our faces with the words, I will see if my lady is at home, but John was prepared for him. He put his foot between the door and the jam, and two hands against the door, driving it to the wall with a man behind it, and there he held him till we were all in, then closed the door and said to him in a tone I had never heard him use till that moment, Let Lady Carnage know at once that Mr. Day desires to see her the man went we walked into the white drawing-room the same where i sat alone among the mirrors the morning after i was lost on the moor how well i remembered it 
and there we waited. The gentleman stood, but John insisting, I sat, my eyes fixed on the door by which we had entered. In a few minutes, however, a slight sound in another part of the room caused me to turn them thitherward, and there stood Lady Carnage in a riding habit with a whip in her hand, staring pale as death at my uncle's. Then with a scornful laugh she turned and went through a door immediately behind her, which closed instantly and became part of the wainscot, hardly distinguishable. John darted to it. It was bolted on the outside. He sought another door and ran hither and thither through the house to find the woman. My uncles ran after him, afraid something might befall him. I remained where I was, far from comfortable. Two or three minutes passed, and then I heard the thunder of hoofs. I ran to the window. There she was, tearing across the park at full gallop on just such a huge black horse as she had smothered in the bog. I was the only one of us that saw her, and not one of us ever set eyes upon her again. When we went over the house it soon became plain to us that she had been in readiness for a sudden retreat, having prepared for it after a fashion of her own. Not a single small article of value was to be discovered in it. John's great-aunt, who left him the property, died in the house, possessed of a large number of jewels, many of them of great price, both in themselves and because of their antiquity. Not one of them was ever found. A report reached us long after that Lady Carnage was found dead in her bed in a hotel in the Tyrol. My uncles lived for many years on the old farm. Uncle Edmund bought a gray horse as like Uncle Edward's as he could find one, only younger. I often wondered what death must think, to know he had his master on his back, and yet see him mounted by his side. Every day, one or the other, most days both, would ride across the moor to see us. For many years Martha walked in at the door, at least once every week. My uncles took no pains, for they had no desire to be distinguished the one from the other. Each was always ready to meet any obligation of the other. If one made an appointment, few could tell which it was, and nobody which would keep it. No one could tell, except perhaps one who had been present, which of them had signed any document. Their two hands were absolutely indistinguishable. I do not believe either of them, after a time, always himself knew whether the name was his or his brother's. He could only be always certain it must have been written by one of them. But each indifferently was ready to honor the signature, Ed Witchcote. They died within a month of each other. Their bodies lie side by side. On their one tombstone is the inscription, Here lie the disused garments of Edward and Edmund Witchcote. Born February 29th, 1804, died June 30th, and July 28th, 1864. They are not here. They are risen. John and I are waiting. Balorba Day. End of chapter 36 and end of The Flight of the Shadow by George MacDonald